0: And with uh, 15 years under our belts, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm your host, Richard Dugan, and uh, I love doing these programs. I often uh, uh, listen to the music that I do, and I know that the, the musicians, the singers, what have you, they love it. They love being in front of the audience, they thrive on that energy, and they give back, if not, as much, even more. I hope that I'm doing that here, giving back more to you through our guests here on this program. Uh, And I've often thought, because I love singing too, uh, would I want to do that full time? And do do I have that same drive, energy, and so forth? Well, I don't know. I'm still trying to search that one out, but I do have the drive. To bring you Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices. To help make your dreams come true, working on making this world a better place. Well, our guest today is doing just that. Uh, She has a a very interesting book. I think you're going to find this fascinating. We'll also be giving you her email or her website address. Uh, The title of the book is Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. It's a powerful guide to, and I've got a bunch of big words here, transformation through disentangling disentangling, multi-generational patterns. Our guest is Judy Wilkinson-Smith, and Judy, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Texas. Hi, Richard. Yeah, and you've gotten
1: much better weather than we have. Thank you for having me this morning.
0: Well, we'll send a little your way. Um, You know, everybody needs some sunshine and blue skies, and uh, it's coming. I know that Texas is experiencing something that uh, they they don't regularly that far south uh, in this country. Uh, I've seen snow on the hill, on the mountain where we live here in Santa Barbara, believe it or not, only a couple of times. Uh, But, uh, you know, we all get our turn. For drought, do we all get our turn for um, uh, excessive rain, which we did get in January of 2023? But, you know, we survived. We will uh, pick up the pieces, uh, clean up and so forth and just continue to move on. And that's what we want to do as far as this aspect of uh, decoding uh, your emotional blueprint, as you have written about. Uh, And I know that for a lot of folks, uh, here we are in the month of February. Uh, Actually, it's actually pronounced February, ladies and gentlemen. I actually learned both January and February how to spell them correctly, which where to put the U and where to put the A for one. Um, But uh, kind of goes along with the lines of the word library. I want to ask you about this aspect. Um, You've got some interesting comments here that were sent to me. <clears throat> not feeling the love uh, this Valentine's Day, your ancestry could be messing with your love life, which is rather interesting, decoding the emotional DNA. And when I saw the the the, the, uh, the, the acronym DNA, there was one thing that struck me. And w- this is going to maybe draw out a little bit of your own personal education and so forth. I'm curious, I know this goes on to say uh, uh, decode, The emotional DNA that uh, you've inherited from your family system to finally understand, break free, and create the relationship or relationships that you desire. Can our DNA be rewritten while we are living this life? Yes. That's what you're you're basically saying. That's what you're saying. Oh, yeah. It's
1: exactly what I'm saying. So everybody knows they inherit their physical DNA. But what most people don't know is that you also inherit your emotional DNA. That's your patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions. It often feels like it's yours. It feels intense. It feels like this is happening to me. But if you start to look in your family system, you'll see that it goes back generations. Now, many people don't have access to that. So then what I tell them to do is timeline your life. You will still see those patterns popping up. And and so what I will often say is sit down, let's take relationships, write down all your thoughts about relationships, all your feelings, all the actions you take, all your reactions and notice your inflated reactions because those are often a source of your emotional DNA. But then ask yourself, when did those begin for me? What was happening in my life at the time? What did I make them mean about me? What did I make them mean about others? Are they serving me now? Because you're exactly right. Once you understand what's in your system, you can change it. And uh, it's the epigenetic imprint that you begin to change. That deep reaction starts to, somebody put it beautifully. They said your your genetic code is the loaded gun. The epigenetic imprint is uh, the one that pulls the trigger or deactivates it or changes it. And so, yes, you can absolutely change the way you've been. You can change your life. You're changing the emotional DNA, which affects you, affects you going back, and it affects those who come after you. So you're you're literally changing uh, pieces of, do I succeed? Do I fail? Am I good at relationships? Am I not? That's in your hands, and it's yours to do
0: you are what is called a systemic you, you do systemic work as well as um uh, as constellation And constellation yeah. expert. A constellation, Are we we're not talking astronomy here. Yeah,
1: yes no, no we're not. Now, I'm going to only allude to <laughs> astronomy astrology. If you okay. look in the sky, okay? And you have one of those zodiac signs. Yeah. It exists because every single star has its place. If you remove any one of those, it's not the Zodiac anymore. Mm-hmm. A family system is the same. Every single member belongs, whether they were aborted, miscarried, still bo- uh, stillborn, adopted out, excluded because they went to jail, locked up because they they um, were in a an institution. They all belong. And what happens is the minute that we exclude any of those, it begins to rattle the system because the system knows it belongs. But then it starts to have a knock-on effect and it creates an exclusion, which creates a pattern that starts to grow and expand and repeat. So now we have this exclusion that pops down. I had somebody, gosh, about two days ago who was telling me about a a child of theirs who will start things but not finish them. And I said to him, any miscarriages, stillbirths, abortions in your family? And he said, there were miscarriages. Well, if that's not acknowledged and you don't talk about it, it is acknowledged in the system. And so, innerly, this child's going, well, if you can't live a full life and complete your life, I won't complete things in my life. So they keep translating until we understand what we're looking at.
0: You know, I used to say, and, and we're, we're going now, we're going back 20, 30 years ago. And this was just in my head. This was something that I just came up with. All right. I, I, I theorized. You have a baby. Baby is born. Everybody's standing around. Oh, what a beautiful baby. Oh, my goodness, look at that. He's got Uncle Bill's nose and Aunt June's eyes. And 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 you go down this list, okay, right. of all of these attributes. And I thought, okay. And then as the child grows, we also start to experience or uh, be witness to, oh, he's got Uncle Fred's uh uh, Bam. Anger, That's it. you know, yes. or boy, he's got uh, Aunt Jill's laugh, or she's got this, and so on and so forth. And of course, then they get into school, and uh, there, then you start looking at the intellect. And um, uh, oh, just like a uh, uh, cousin uh, Billy, uh, she she likes astronomy, or he likes uh, uh, physical fitness, he's an athlete, and so forth. But they kind of stop there. Yes, and, and they, you shouldn't stop there. Yeah, this well, is genealogy 2.0. Right. Because the question that I raised and sort of answered for myself in that respect is, okay, you, if 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 we take on the physical, mental, and emotional attributes of our ancestors, would we also not take on the spiritual attributes, that are encoded in that DNA, because I still think that the DNA yes. has something to do with our soul.
1: You would. And what you're doing is you're taking on the echoes of what was said, thought, felt, experienced. And the reason you're doing that, though, and many people miss this is, and this is, again, genealogy 2.0, is those patterns, whether they're strong patterns or difficult patterns, are coming to you And they're saying to you, what can I become through you? Are you going to amp me up if it was something strong? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Are you going to change me if it was limiting? And we literally have that capability in our hands. And Richard, it's as simple as one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. And now you start rewiring the brain and you start rewiring the body. And instead of reliving ancient history, You're perfectly present and you're creating a very different future. So you're pretty much playing in the quantum field, which people go, ah, no, everybody settle down. Quantum field simply means you are changing the pattern and you're the change agent. So think about that. You're the change agent. You see everybody sad. Everybody in the family is always sad. I was born sad. Everybody's sad we have a look at the event that began the sadness because it's usually an event and it's not the event that does it. It's the decision we make about the event. Mm -hmm. So what created that? Okay. Everybody's sad, but I don't like being sad. I really, really want to be joyful. Yes. You are the change agent. So now you look at the sadness for wisdom. You give it its place because it belongs in the family system, Mm -hmm. but you become the new voice that says, Joy is fabulous. And I don't have to be a victim anymore. I don't have to be a victim to that event. It happened. I know I don't want to do the same. So when I look at that event, I will be triggered differently. And now I'm going to create a whole different emotional DNA. And so we start a different path and, and all of a sudden, joy is possible, success is possible, not being a victim is possible. you everybody who does well in their life said yes to something else, mm. yes to something more. And they quit letting people tell them what they could not couldn't do and just
0: did it. Judy Wilkins-Smith is my guest. She's a highly regarded organizational, individual, and family pattern expert. She's a a systemic executive coach, trainer, facilitator through Patterns and Leadership Conference, and uh, motivational speaker as well. Uh, 18-plus years of expertise in assessing, uh, uh, or rather assisting high-performance individuals, Fortune 500 executives, and legacy families to Uh, and limiting cycles and reframe challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is really a pleasure to have uh, uh, the author as well as uh, uh, the uh, guest here on the program, Judy uh, Wilkins-Smith, as uh, we talk more about her work and her book uh, that is uh, basically decoding your emotional blueprint, decoding your emotional blueprint. We'll give out the website here in just a moment. Um, you know, it's fascinating because over the years and it's been many years, uh, and certainly talking about death and dying, uh, is fascinating to me. I love, I love conversations in that regard because everybody has their own little perspectives on it, uh, that adds to adds to the whole, um, I, I lost my sister, my eldest sister, last March, the end of last March. And she was uh, 65. <clears throat> and um, I had a conversation with her that January prior the, uh, of 2022. But I also got to see her at Christmas of 2021. Um, uh, we uh, took uh, I flew out there to spend Christmas because they were telling me this could be our last Christmas together. And of course, she was so chipper, she was so energized and everything, I'm going, nah, this isn't going to be the last. Not knowing, of course, any of the details. But over the years, I have developed this, this uh, I want to say philosophy slash belief about death and dying. Uh, we have this soul that animates this body and basically all we're doing is we're taking off the coat or some would say the meat suit. Um, And that we are immortal, that which we truly are is immortal and um, is 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 basically transitioning from from one form to another over the course of, I guess you could say, eternity or infinity. And I asked my sister in January of last year uh, if she was ready. And of course, I found out, too, at the memorial, she did not shy away from the hard questions and she didn't shy away from that question when I asked her. And she said, to my consternation, she said, well, yes and no. I said, what do you mean yes and no? (laughs) And she says, well, no, because I don't want to leave Perry, her husband, uh, having him to deal with all of this stuff. But if you're asking if I am ready as an individual, as a person, she says, I'm ready. I'm not afraid. I thought, wow, that is awesome that she is not afraid. Now. I didn't cry when I got the phone call that particular morning. As a matter of fact, I debated debated for about five minutes whether or not to, to conduct an interview just like this one following that phone call. And I went ahead and I did the interview. And it wasn't until the memorial that I shed tears for my sister. Uh, thank God they recorded it. They did it on Zoom. My father was able to watch it because he was not able to attend. Uh, he has mobility issues. And so I have that video on my computer, and I get to watch it every so often, and that's where I shed the tears. And um, and I used I I would think normally in the past if I don't shed tears I must not care, but I'm thinking, well why should I shed tears? The only difference between uh, before and after is she's just not in the body now she's everywhere, and I was hearing her. Wow. So. It seems to me that I have kind of done this kind of work that you're talking about in terms of rewriting the DNA. Because when I was seven, I think I was seven when my grandmother on my mother's side passed away. Oh, I was almost tossed out of the church for being so emotional. I was I was carrying on so much because I loved that woman so much. Uh, And here I am now at 62. And it's like. If my wife were to pass, oh, yeah, maybe there there's going to be some grieving. No question. But she's not gone. She's not. And, and she is not gone. She's still with us. Okay. <laughs> um, is that sort of the process that does take, sometimes can take d- decades to develop that, what, intellectual pattern that will then work into the emotional realm for us to... Again, rewrite the code.
1: It can. Um, Typically with this work, it does not. Typically with this work, it's it's a very quick process. Now I say quick, it can take some people a year or two years, but mostly no, because what happens is if you do a constellation, so quick description, Mm -hmm. a constellation means at a live event, I, I, I do them on Zoom, but at a live event, You would come to me and want to explore an issue. We'd identify the members of that issue. And then I would ask you to pick representatives for each one of those members. And then I would say to you, place them for me the way that it is for you with regard to this issue. So what you get is you get a spatial relationship. You get this big 3D picture that you can now see, hear, walk in, you can touch, you can sense. So you're really playing in 3D. And because you're doing that, you're incorporating these multiple senses and you have pretty much the opposite of a traumatic experience. So you have a transformational experience which goes, oh, my goodness, I can see it. I can hear it. I understand. i would never seen that before. Oh, it wasn't about me. It was that. So you're having all of these insights and they begin to rewire the brain and the body very quickly. And so you then wind up with this embodied experience that gives you that aha moment, or several of them, in mm-hmm. fact, throughout an event. So it can be a very fast process. What you've done is the, the, I've done it unconscious version. Some version is conscious, but it doesn't know the language. This gives you the language. So we're literally making the invisible visible and in the unconscious conscious on a continual basis. Mm -hmm. So if you were to come to an event that I was doing, because of what you've already done, you'd probably start to quickly, very quickly grasp it and go, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, and you put the pieces into place. There are two important pieces. One is emotions, and the other one is the brain and the body. So when the brain tells the body a story that the body can believe, that becomes the new truth. You're terrible. You're stupid. You're an idiot. I know it. I can feel it in my body. I'm sweating. Look what you did. That was amazing. I'm capable. Oh my goodness, we can do this. And you have a different feeling. If you want to start shifting your emotional DNA, you use elevated emotions, not false ones. You've Mm -hmm. got to get into that. But elevated emotions with an elevated thought and feeling. And it sparks it very, very quickly. And constellations and systemic work facilitate that shift.
0: You know, <laughs> um, we're talking with uh, Judy Wilkins-Smith and uh, we're talking about her book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. And I want to send people to your website, which is judywilkins dash or I should say hyphen, smith.com. And just so you know, uh, Judy, we will be linked to your website so that people can go there directly while they're listening to or even watching uh, this program, uh, this podcast, videocast, uh, or the radio broadcast uh, when it is heard. We certainly hope people will do that. As we continue here on Tell Me Your Story, I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we're talking with Judy Wilkins-Smith, and uh, she's uh, provided for us a way to uh, decode your emotional blueprint. Now, a blueprint is usually, usually architects will des- uh, d- write out a blueprint. And, uh, and that's pretty much the way the structure is going to look. But it is not set in concrete yet. It can be modified. It can be adjusted. It can be changed. I mean, it can be. Matter of fact, the the, the, uh, uh, the one who wants the building built, who has contracted the architect, could say, "Nah, I don't like it at all. Go back. Go back to the drawing board. We can't exactly do that. In other words, throw the paper away and start from scratch because we can't throw away the blueprint. We literally do have to modify it, if you will, or adjust it or change it. Or someone said to me, stop using the word change, because if you can change it, you can change it back. They say, use the word transform. All right. Okay. I like that. So transform the blueprint. Um, so we have to work with what we have. We can't toss out the blueprint. It's not, it It doesn't work that way. You don't so, want to because no. the
1: blueprint contains all of the clues you need to the dos and the don'ts.
0: Right. So and what we want. want blueprint. Right. So what we want to do from the get go is, uh, we're going to take the blueprint out. All right. We're going to lay it out. You're going to lay it out for us, or or help us to lay it out. Um, okay. So, what are we looking for first?
1: Okay. So here's what you're looking for. You most people I know say, you know what? If I just knew really what was going on, I could live a bigger, better, faster, nicer kind of life but I don't know what to do two things what you want to go looking for is what are the things that frustrate you keep you stuck Uh, where are the places that you're really dogmatic that's a great place to go looking where are your hates and your dislikes and your big feelings around things those are usually multi-generational thoughts and feelings everybody does this or we all do that those are your that's part of your emotional blueprint so let's take something like money because you you have money dna too so you're going to sit down and you're going to write down everything that you think about money you're going to write down all of your feelings about money and all of the actions you take around money and then you're going to ask yourself where did that begin when did it first start for me What was happening in my life at the time? What did I make it mean about me? What did I make it mean about others? And then what you want to ask yourself is, if you know your family, did anybody else in the family have a pattern similar? What might have caused these thoughts, feelings, and actions that I have? So I had somebody who's, I've just worked with them yesterday, terribly risk averse, terribly risk averse. Turns out, of course, she is uh, a woman, and uh, she says none of the women in her family going back, which was common, could earn their own money. And so it was whatever the men brought in, they had to be very, very careful with, because if the men died, they had to know they could take care of themselves somehow. So she was terribly risk averse. Mm. But then we looked at, so tell me about your dad. Well, he kind of liked to have fun with money. So I said to her, now, let's have a look at how you're breaking that a bit. Who brings the money in in your family? And she said, well, I bring my own money in now. And I said to her, there's your first break. They couldn't. You are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What does it feel like? Well, it feels, it feels good. But, but now my heart's sore. And I said, yeah, because you're linking back to the woman who couldn't. So you're, you're being sucked back into that systemic trance of, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, what if we don't have enough? And she said, absolutely. So I said to her, but what if you invested?" No, that's like gambling. So I said to her, how is it gambling? She said, well, my father invested some, and it did very badly. But what did he invest it in? So what we, we landed on was she could invest, as long as it was a safe investment, she could look at all of the women from past generations and say, hey, you guys couldn't, but look at me. I, I am. I'm changing things here. And uh, she, she said to me, it started for her when she was about 20, I guess, and suddenly had to earn her own and went, oh, I don't have a man to depend on. Well, the beauty of, of that is that with the evolution, instead of having a man to depend on, she has a man she can enjoy it with. That's mm. a very different flavor, right? So it's it's looking at those patterns and then beginning to reframe them and shift them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of money, and I have not really shared this on this program before, uh, I'm never afraid of sharing my life. I figure God knows what difference if 8 billion other people know, because most of them don't care, okay? Right. Uh, And if you're going to use it for nefarious means, well, I'm flattered that you feel that uh, you need to do that, but I hope you don't. Anyway, in the last 30 years, starting with my first divorce, Uh, and there's only been one. Thank you. I have filed bankruptcy twice. Okay. I found myself recently in the last couple of years in a similar situation to the first two times where I'm thinking, should I or shouldn't I? Now, I found out that the rules had changed a little bit. It was a little more difficult and so on and so forth. Plus, it's also a rather expensive process. It's funny how uh, yeah, I need to file bankruptcy. I really don't have the money to pay my bills. Oh, you want $600 or $800 uh, for me to be able to file bankruptcy? I just told you I don't have the money. Yeah, yet. about that. Yeah, kind of weird. So I said, okay, I saw how the first two times went. I'm not into insanity, Uh, repeating the same actions over and over again, expecting a different result. So I went down a different path. I sought out one of these uh, debt settlement uh, companies, I settled on one, as it were, and um, my credit scores actually dropped all the way down to 450. Ow. 450. Ow. In just over a year, they've gone up over 200 points. Wow. Okay. I'm also, uh, I'm not debt-free yet, but I am a lot closer. Than I would have been if A I had filed bankruptcy or B I had gone continued down the path I was going of just paying monthly payments, because it would take me decades. Uh, I I i see, I have to live to be a hundred. I may not have it paid off. I'd be like a student loan. <laughs> It'd follow right. me to the grave. So, I decided to do something different. Now I realize that when you're doing this process, as you just described it's again, it's not instantaneous. It's not a quick fix, but it certainly happens faster than decades. As you say, right. it could take, it might take a year, you know,
1: and it might take less. Sometimes it is very quick. It really depends.
0: But yes, if you're open to it, I mean, and that's the real key right there. And obviously no it. one's going to come to you if they're not open to this.
1: Oh, you'd be surprised. They, oh, really? come and they want to, want to, uh, they, they want to, so, so part of them is open. But there's a loyalty to that old systemic way, the way of the family, Mm -hmm. and that one is stronger than the want. So we've got to work with those two. But please
0: continue. Well, I find it it quite fascinating as I talk with people such as yourself who are helping us to to access these, uh, we'll call them temporarily ingrained patterns. Whether they are from this lifetime or from our ancestors,
1: our families,
0: you know, Uh, I can tell you also that uh, as an eighth grader, I was uh, delivering newspapers for uh, back in Phoenix for the Arizona Republic and the Phoenix Gazette. That was the company. And um, it was the first job I ever had, official job, and the first job I was ever fired from for, of all things. Financial mismanagement because I was oh, wow. spending the money to pay the paper bill on building models and that kind of thing. And, and back then, plastic models for a kid of my age, uh, 12, 13 years of age, they were kind of expensive. And, of course, I went nuts. I was hanging. We had so many models. I built so many models in my bedroom with my brother. And we had one of those overhead lights, you know, in the center of the room. Right. We had so many models that we had to get desk lamps. Because I had so many models <laughs> blocking the light, so that was the first time I had had that kind of an experience with money, and I was fired. But I was able to come back from that, get rehired, and then for the next de- uh, the next four years in high school, I delivered uh, the evening paper and then the Sunday morning paper for four years. I absolutely loved that job. Now, did it was was I financially responsible? Enough to where I didn't get myself fired again. Uh, but um, I think But that's it tells
1: what... me you've got a money DNA thing going on there. You yes. have a money yes. pattern. Absolutely. And I wonder, does it come from just you or does that live somewhere in your
0: family? Well, I will tell you that my parents have often shared with me in those times uh, that um, how they, what they did. Now, a lot of people will ask... Some people have asked me if my parents, what they sacrificed to have a family of six, you know, so it was a total family of eight. Okay. Right. And I, a big family. Yeah. I asked my parents that. I actually interviewed them on this program that only after their passing am I allowed to uh, broadcast it. But they said we sacrificed nothing because exactly. that's what we wanted was a big family. Not knowing the challenges that faced them with children with visual impairments, with children with uh, uh, asthma and this thing and that thing and the other thing, that's what they chose. Now, we were a basic middle-class family, Uh, did well. Uh, We went on vacations. Uh, We had fun and all those kinds of things, lived in a great house uh, on a block that was fabulous, had a great childhood and growing up. But I never really learned how to manage money. And my first credit card was a Montgomery Wards department store oh, card. Yes. And that took me down the bad path. Oh, dear. Because I did not look at it as okay, this is not my money, and so on and so forth. And um, that's one of the things, too, I think people have, uh, and maybe this, again, is in the DNA. So it must, I'm going to say it does not come from my parents or my siblings, for that matter, because they're probably. What about doing. your
1: grandparents?
0: It could be my grandparents. It could be other ancestors. Uh, and it's it's part of my DNA. Would you say <clears throat> that from my description that if I haven't just begun Uh, but that I'm kind of going down the right road to rewriting that particular portion of my DNA, that financial portion of my DNA. Absolutely,
1: and what you want to do is sit down and and go back to where you were as a younger person and what you thought about money Mm. and what you think about money now. Because here's the deal. Most people think that money is a commodity. It is not. It is a relationship. And the way you show up for it it will show up for you. Ah. So you really, really want to look at, are you friends with money? Or is is money a fear? Is it just something that you kind of use and it doesn't do very well and it runs away? Because if it is, you want to start reframing your thoughts, yeah. feelings, and actions about it. You want to make friends with money. Yeah. You want to be a good friend of money. You want to be a wise, wise steward of money. Instead of it coming and going, and instead of being in debt, what would it be like if you and money became such good friends that you became very wealthy? And what will that take? What is the very different feeling? Money is
0: not inanimate. You know, there's a a gentleman on YouTube and I think on TikTok. I don't watch TikTok, but I've seen these videos on YouTube. Gentleman's name is Zach. And um, he's out, out in the field. Uh, So to speak. Uh, And he comes up to someone could be uh, very well, very well, could be a homeless person. Sometimes in the grocery store, he comes across someone and he will pretend to need. Uh, I, I need a dollar to to take the bus to this place, that place or the other. And the videos show the person. Sometimes it's an elderly woman. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And she'll go over. She'll get a dollar out here. Here you go. And he says, uh, well, uh, let me let me just tell you, um, I really don't need the dollar here. Let me give this back to you. But I've got something for you. And sometimes he will buy them uh, like this one elderly woman who uh, uh, he, he came across in the grocery store. He bought her chocolate and flowers. Oh. Uh, another woman who lent him forty five cents to take the bus. He gave her five hundred dollars.
1: I love that. He
0: came I across some it. came across some homeless people who uh, he would go up to them. Hey, how you doing? You know, and, and of course, he can see that they're not doing well. He says, well, you know, uh, you hungry? Can I get you something? And then of course, they'll mention the fast food places. Yeah, I could have this. That. Do you, do you need a, a, a sleeping bag? Do you need a tent? Do you need this? Do you need what do you need? And he provides it.
1: So what he's done is he has taken money and gone, you and I are friends. We're good stewards together. He's trying to teach people, and money is very hot at the moment, and I'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. He's trying to teach people that if you love money, which we're taught is the root of all evil, it's not. Lust of money, maybe. Love of money, no. Because all money is asking for is its place in the world. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, look what you can do with money. Money and I make friends. We're great allies. Look at the magic we make. Money is an amazing friend. It really is. So for you, it's okay. So if I started instead of, and you've already started, if I start down this road, if I start building trust with money, if I start understanding it and and accumulating wealth, look at what I'm going to be able to do to spread a little magic because that guy sure does.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I would love to be able to do that at that level, at that level. Now, I will say that when I go out and I buy some new jeans or shirts or what have you, I go through my closet and I pull out clothing that I haven't worn in years that is still in good condition. I'll put it in a bag and I'll set it out on the curb because that's kind of now there are facilities here where we can go to and donate in that respect, too. But I like to get it directly to the people who need it right here and now. And as long as the weather is good, I'll set that out there. My wife has done the same thing. She will take clothing uh, that she hasn't worn in years that's still in good condition and put it in a bag. And uh, and I will I will do the same thing. And it will be picked up within. And less that's th- money. Yeah, it is. It that's absolutely money. is. You're
1: putting money out on the sidewalk. Yeah. Somebody else who, who needs it or wants it. Yeah. And take it. Oh, so I.
0: Imagine. I had a huge box. I mean, probably a, 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 a not a yard, but it was maybe two feet by two feet, like a cube, that was stuffed, stuffed. I had to tape it closed with long sleeve shirts that I had. I, I didn't. I didn't wear anymore. Uh, so we've we've done that. and 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 the other aspect of it too is uh, a little background for you. Our listeners know this. I was born legally blind, could not drive a car, couldn't get a driver's license. Oh my license. goodness! Ah, but in 1996, I had a lens implant. Now I'm driving. And when I had that lens implant and when I got my driver's license, I made the commitment to the universe that if somebody needs a ride, I will give it because of all of the rides that my mother gave me and other people gave me for me to get from point A to point B. And, and I've done that on, on occasions. Um, just recently, of course, I've also used our truck uh, for, the, for the radio station I work for to do some cleanup outside in terms of uh, old files and things and take them to the dump. So I, I, I just, and I feel really good. I don't feel obligated. It's something I want to do. When we are going through this process of decoding our emotional blueprint, That is something certainly, as you have said before, some people come to you and they're still resistant and so forth. But you do have to reach that point of intention that, yeah, I I really do. I I really want to I want to scratch out this part of the blueprint and I want to redesign it and I want to make it.
1: Actually, what you're doing is you're really saying thank you to that part of the blueprint because it's annoyed you so much. It's like it's like the sand <laughs> like in that. the pearl. I like yeah?
0: that. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. it's like the sand in the pearl. It's going do something, do something, do something, do something. Yeah. And I'm going to come back at you with a money piece. You're already demonstrating flow by what you do with clothes. Now start. I make all my executives, by the way, go on money walks. If you read it in my book, I want you to read that that piece on The Money Walk, mm-hmm. and I want you to do it. And when you reach your first million, you're having me back on the show to tell me about it and to tell me the magic that you're making.
0: Tell me more about this. It seems to me like there are more and more people that are doing this, because we'll see around Christmas time, we'll see the secret Santa on the news, national news, oh, yeah. who makes it. Yeah, yeah. And they hide his identity. And he hands out $100, 500 $1,000 in stores, in grocery stores or on the street to people who he can see could really use it. Now, have you ever done that? I have not done that yet. It's fun. Well, I will tell you that I like the idea, but how do you balance that um, in regards to the old saying, it is better to teach a man to fish than to give huh. him a fish? Absolutely.
1: Could not agree with you more. It is better. And here's the thing. I will always go teaching first. And have you ever thought about the fact that somebody walks up to you and does one thing or says one thing and it changes your life because you go, oh, now my contention with that as well is if I walk up to somebody and I can see and I listen very carefully if I'm going to do that, by the way, I will walk around and just listen. Until I hear somebody saying either I wish or I want, because I know when people say I wish and I want, they've got the ambition. And when I hear I wish or I want, then that's when I will hand it up. Because I know they're going to go, wait a minute, I wished or wanted, the universe actually heard me. I had better do something because Mm -hmm. this is an interactive universe. Wow, if that was possible, what else can I do? And often that simple act of kindness is also what starts people fishing. They look at, in fact, kindness and strangely enough, unkindness. Think about not even unkindness, but sadness. Think about watching your mother do four jobs to make ends meet.
0: Mm.
1: It's not very nice. But in your mind, you look at it and you go, I will never Have to do that. I'm going to get an education. Your mother just taught you to fish. So it's not just about direct teaching. It's what are you willing to learn? What are you willing to add value to? Don't sit around waiting for somebody to teach you to fish.
0: Get out your rod and go looking. Yeah, yeah. There's another principle. Uh, I call it a universal law. Um, It is not the intent to live this way. It is just that you can't escape it. It's going to happen. And that universal law is this. There is always an exchange. Always. Because uh, you could even go to uh, Einstein's uh, theory. uh yes. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Exactly. In the, in the Bible, it talks about... Uh, the fact that uh, there are a couple of passages about casting your bread upon the water. There's also the passage where Jesus is explaining to his disciples that um, uh, you know you guys are worried about what, what where you're going to get your next meal, what you're going to wear uh, to the Passover, uh, etc. Where you're going to live, where you're going to lay your head tonight, etc., etc., etc. Do you see the birds up in the trees? Do you see them fluttering around and caring for their their little chicks up in the nest there and everything? Do you think they're worried? No. They're taken care of. They don't even toil. They don't even do a nine-to-fiver. Okay? They're just living their lives. And guess what? They're taken care of. How much more will you be taken care of by the universe? And so forth. You
1: really are. You really are. And at the same time, you
0: can't sit in a lotus
1: blossom and hope it's gonna happen. But you put your two cents worth in and if you're intentional, you will get you you did it. You've actually done it. Yeah. You did it with the blindness, you do it with the driving, you do it with the shirt. Nothing's going to stop you. If you decide money is your friend and you start getting intentional with that, Mm If you will not stop because you can focus all the love and energy there. And by the way, you'll discover that money is a spiritual thing. It is not
0: a commodity. And we'll talk about that as well. I heard a funny line the other day. (laughs) How does it go? Let's see. Um, uh, Let's see. There's a there's a line, a joke or, or it's just like a saying about a penny. Uh, not a penny saved as a penny earned, but it's more like uh, um, um, a penny for your thoughts versus. Believe this or not, I love this. Okay, uh, you'll give me a penny for my thoughts, but I have to put my two cents worth in. Now wait a oh, minute. Now, yeah. now yeah. I'm now Hold I'm out a penny. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's it's great stuff, uh, Judy. Uh, Judy Wilkins-Smith is my guest. Des- decoding Your Emotional Blueprint is the book. Her website is JudyWilkins- or hyphen, if you will. Smith.com will be linked to that website as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I have to tell you, Judy, this is, uh, this is a fascinating conversation. So, We've kind of discussed in brief, we would hope people will pick up a copy of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. But the next aspect, uh, after we have sort of decided what it is that we're looking for, is now we got to look for the gold. We look for the gems, yes. if you will.
1: Yes. And, and every single thing, whether it's a train smash, it often looks like a train smash. There is always, 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 always gold. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens to you is literally saying to you, wake up. Here's your next step up. Look for the gold, take it, and run with it. You have a broken relationship. You're looking at what can I do differently here so that I have a relationship that's amazing. There mm-hmm. is, You are never stuck unless you pretend to be.
0: You know, uh, I'm going to oh, keep wow. this story very brief because uh, uh, I want you to, to elaborate even further. Uh, I was in a non-injury car accident a few years back. Totaled the Volvo, which you don't wow. total those too and that's easily. Such
1: a good car, by the way. Oh yeah,
0: you don't total them too easily. But in this case, um, the the cost of repairing it would be more than the truck was the car was worth, so it allowed us to get into a truck which we currently drive. A year after that, we were able to buy a travel trailer. Both of these things were things that we wanted. Someone said to me, "Well, you know, Richard, you didn't have to get into a car accident. You could have manifested that differently." And to which I look at that and I'm going. Are you sure? Are you honestly sure that I could have manifested it differently? Because the way I manifested it, neither I nor the other driver were hurt of maybe, uh, maybe emotionally our pride a little bit. Um, But uh, we weren't injured. And I will tell you that the one act that I think probably did the most for me especially was I was I was uh, intuited to go up to the gentleman in front of the police officer. And I stuck my hand out to shake his, and he thankfully reached out. And I said, I am just glad, first of all, that neither of us was injured. Now, go out and make it a better day than this, because I'm going to. Now, I did that for two reasons. One, I was prompted to do it by my intuition, by my still small voice. I call it my friend. Oh, but, yeah. But I also did it because I know about the energies that can be generated through getting all cranked up and he and I both live in the same community and we may come across each other again someday. And we don't, neither of us needs that in our lives. Talk to us about the energetics of this decoding. Well,
1: yeah. If you, if you look at the energetics, it's literally what you make something mean. And it's really, really important. Mm. Exactly what you described. You have a train smash. You have a car wreck. You can either take that and say, my life is over, my car is over, or you can do exactly what you did. And we are a choice with that at any one time. Unfortunately, because we're taught to suffer and be victims, we tend to go the other way. But when you do what you did, you flipped it into the uncommon way. You actually looked for the gold. And because you looked for the gold, you found the gold. So in this work, what we also teach you to do is, okay, so this is going on. Where's the gold? What is the gift? How do you use it? Because if you look for the gold, you know what the gift is, and you use it, you will change your life. And you will change life for those who come after you. So if you don't, you're being a little bit irresponsible here.
0: A little bit. Little bit, and when I was working for the Christian radio station, that was a dirty word. You did not talk about. I'm not responsible. It's either God or the devil, and it's like, oh, I see. So, ah. so you're a puppet on a string, being manipulated by forces you. you think you understand. And I say you're not. I use the analogy. I have this individual walking in a beautiful meadow. And they're looking up into the sky. They have their hands cupped before them. Their will, their personal will is in their hands. And they toss it up. I want to do God's will. I want to do God's will. I want to do God's will. God is listening. God catches that person's will and compresses it down to the size of a baseball rears back and hurls it like a nolan ryan 90 mile an hour fastball hits the individual square in the head and says then do something with the life i gave you you are not a puppet on a string being manipulated by forces you do not understand speaking of forces i want to get into this before we wrap up because this goes into the third section of your book i believe it's the third i'm going to paraphrase it this way And I say this all the time, three simple words. Words have power. Huge power, huge
1: power. And anybody who tells me now, I say to them, walk into the doctor's office and listen to the doctor say, you're dying. And tell me what that does to your body. Now walk into the doctor's office and the doctor says you're in remission and tell me what that does to your body. Words have incredible power. They build or break worlds. They build or break your world. And by the way, Richard, they also tell you what's happening in your system. They tell you exactly what's happening in your system. I had somebody who came in. I was meeting them for the first time, and they said, oh, my goodness, I was in an explosive situation today. It was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the burn of the whole thing almost decimated me completely. And I'm going, and I said to her, what happened? And she said to me, well, I was a little bit late. My boss was ticked off. And I went, wait. Wait. Those words are not these words. Where in your family system is this huge explosive, whatever it is? And she said, oh, yeah, my mother and I outran a volcano. My brother and father did not. We're carrying our history with us all the time. We're also carrying our potential with us all the time. When we say, I wish I want, if only, stop doing that. Invest in that. We get taught as kids to not dream and not daydream. Very backwards thinking. You should be doing that. That is where your future lies. It's really important. But also pay attention when you are really angry and you use these words about something. Are they your words or did they begin in the mouths of your ancestors? And are they trying to shape themselves differently out of your mouth?
0: Yeah. Well, um, I talk about this uh, in my book, Choices. It's one of the sections uh, after making a choice and so forth. Um, uh, match your words to your choice. Are you a believer? And this will be sort of the last question we'll ask here in this program, because we're going to have to have you back to talk more. But are you a believer? Anytime. Absolutely. Oh, great. Are you a believer in the concept, especially here when we're talking about the The power of words, fake it till you make it. No, I, I, here's what it is.
1: I, I sat with fake it till you make it for a long time. It's not. It's believe it till you achieve it.
0: Okay. So
1: if the more you believe it, and the more you invest in it, you, the more you you head in that direction. If you believe it, and you invest elevated emotion and intention,
0: you will get there. Gratitude
1: huge it's something that's one of the other things I teach people to do every day if you if you genuinely are in a state of gratitude if you have an an altitude of an attitude of gratitude you will get where you're wanting to go
0: we are talking about decoding your emotional bl- 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 emotional <laughs> blueprint here on tell me your story. I'm Richard Dugan along with Judy Wilkins Smith and uh, we are talking about her uh, website and her the work that she is doing and the book that she has the present one and we're gonna have her back to talk more about this concept because this this just goes on and on about how a, it's it's a powerful guide folks uh, basically to transformation through uh, disentangling multi-generational patterns. I, I have to say that on the one hand, yeah, that's a mouthful, but you know what? I like that. I love those big words, uh, and uh, uh, it's, just, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to discuss these things because this encompasses so many different areas of one's life, and I want to thank does. you so much for being with us here on the program.
1: I'm going to say one thing, and that's if you take all of those big words, you know what it's saying. Quit steering in your history and start living your present to
0: create the future. See, back in the eighties, I thought we had finished with the victimhood stuff because I was I going know, through personal. Right, yeah, we really reincarnated
1: that pattern.
0: Oh Lord! The uh, twenty sixteen presidential campaign I have dubbed the campaign of victimhood. It's their fault that we're here. It's their fault that we're there. It's their fault. Their fault. Their. And it's like, no, we did this to. If and that's, I say this, this is why words are so important if there is really a problem we did it to ourselves yeah, if, if there if. is really
1: yeah if there is really a problem isn't it wonderful that the system has revealed that now yeah. instead of whining let's go and fix the problem yeah. let's be adults again and let's quit the
0: victim Oh, what a concept to be an adult. Although I wouldn't mind being childlike. I remember as a kid oh, I having a blast. We need to have fun dealing with these challenges. What is that? That is, oh, my goodness. And and you're going to tell me what that is. I can. That is Mickey
1: Mouse. That oh! <laughs> is my friend.
0: The epitome of have fun. Believe it or not, my brother, younger brother, Used to work for Disney. He has. Oh. He's a younger brother, as I said. I'm 62. He's younger than me. He's already retired. That lucky son of a gun. He's actually oh. traveling traveling throughout Asia. He loves that part of the world. Uh, and uh, so, and I, 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 I. He took my parents to China one year, and I was so proud of him for doing that. I wish I could have done that, but I couldn't. I'm not envious. But what can you? Yeah. What can you? Now you're going to get a challenge from me. Yeah.
1: I told. Go make friends with money, and then I want to know what you're doing. And I want to see you go to somewhere amazing.
0: Ireland is where I'd like to go, darling. Well,
1: guess what? I I want to move there. How (laughs) about that?
0: (laughs) Well... Uh, Judy, again, I thank you so much for joining us. I do have three final questions, three final questions to ask you. Go for it. But before I do, I need to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And uh, we broadcast uh, live at richarddugan.com. Podcasts. On SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, many other locations on the Internet. And thanks for those who are reposting. Oh, guess what? We're on YouTube. YouTube, and I went over the century mark of subscribers. I'm at 101. Uh, Again, as I've said before, the numbers, they're fun to watch but that's not why I do this. And I'm grateful for the hundred people who have subscribed. I hope more will, but I just hope more will continue to spread the word, to share these uh, these programs, these podcasts, videocasts. And um, also we ask you, and this is an area we did not really get into and I really want to in our next program, we ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision where we ask you to go within. And you talk about the power of words and listen to the still small voice and follow the promptings. The still small voice will never put you in harm's way, but it will challenge you. It's ch- My friend has challenged me on more than one occasion, and I'm grateful for that. And my life is, is, is wonderful in that regard. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to support us financially, we would be grateful. Uh, let me tell you how grateful. Uh, it's, it's just it's wonderful. To, to be supported by you folks. If you can, we have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And when you go there, it's going to ask you for an email for whom to send the t- contribution to Richard at RichardDugan.com. That's Richard at RichardDugan.com. With all of that said, my first question to our special guest, author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint Who is Judy Wilkins Smith?
1: Uh, She is an incurable optimist, a great believer in limitless potential and human potential, a mother, uh, a fur baby mother, uh, fun loving, very much, incredibly determined to see the world grow happy.
0: What is it that you hope, I beg your pardon? That's not the question. The question is, what is your life's purpose? Uh, Definitely to switch the
1: world onto the fact that we are not limited beings. We are not at the the mercy of a whimsical universe. We are co-creators and we need to do that. Getting people to know that and do that.
0: And finally, what was your best day?
1: I think many, many best days. Gosh, (laughs) the day I was born, because I got to have this adventure, I guess, to two amazing, amazing, incredible parents. I've had so many best days.
0: Well, again, I thank you so much for being with us. And we will schedule another opportunity for our listeners and viewers uh, to uh, uh, participate by uh, listening and viewing uh, another edition of Tell Me Your Story. We'll look forward to that. Likewise, I can't wait to be back with you. And I thank you again for joining us here on Tell Me Your Story. And until our next broadcast, podcast videocast, love to lull. And Jeanette, I am still listening.